Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smart Coast Morning Show, blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Are you ready? You ready to rock this mic? Let's go, right. man. Anybody want me to rap? I don't have anything. <laughs> I got nothing prepared. I got nothing. Shame prepared. on you all. All right, that's all I have to say. Shame I know. on you all. Hello, XCon World Seven, and uh, welcome to the Comic Book Men panel. My name is Ming Chen. And my name, yes, thank you. Go ahead. Get wild. Yeah. Give the little yellow devil his due. Oh, oh, come do. on. Come on. You're, you're no Brian. I, I am no Brian. I'm no That's Brian true. Johnson. <laughs> and you are no Brian Johnson. That, congratulations. Um, your name? My name is Michael Zapsick. And um, you know what? On behalf of Brian Johnson, he wanted to be here, but uh, he called us up and said, screw our fans. That's what he said. Uh, no, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, you can feel it right there. All right, um, um, do we have any Tom Steve Dave fans in the house today? I suspect this gentleman's one of them. Now, if you listen to Tom Steve Dave, you realize that when, you know, um, in order to get him to leave the house, it's usually a 50-50 proposition, <laughs> meaning that he'll either be there or not. You got a 50-50 shot, and this one on the wrong side of 50. Um, he had some kind of medical emergency. It wasn't him. It was somebody close to him, and he couldn't make it. But it seems like these things always happen just as he's about to leave for the airport. It al- it's always like this, and it, 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 it just pains me. I, 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 I think he would have had fun here. I want him to be here. I love hanging out with him at, at these cons, and, um, and, and it saddens me that he's not here. I think, I, dude, I de- he doesn't know how much these people love him. It's true, and uh, it the one thing that's really weird is... You've actually had deaths in your family that haven't stopped you from going to conventions. Um, um, and I'm talking close family members, folks. Is, okay. This is true. This is true. But my father-in-law would have wanted it. That hey, way. but yeah. But, <laughs> if you could remember what he looked like, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, actually, let's kick this off right. Um, let's take some questions from the audience. All right, we're running. What do you think? Me. Let's get this thing going. Young lady Hello, over there. Amanda, in the audience. Who do you feel is the most underrated hero and villain? Underrated. Um, for me, uh, I, I'm a big fan. Um, if, if you know me, I'm a big fan of the Marvel Hawkeye right now. And I still think he's underrated. He doesn't have, I know, doesn't have any superpowers. Uh, here's the thing that kills me. Um, I, I have two young kids, so you know, I'm, I'm, I go and pick them up at school or whatever, or they get off the bus. <laughs> and Yes, I do, Mike. I do. Stop. And, and I see their friends, and they wear, their friends are fans of superheroes, and they wear Avengers shirts. And I see on the shirt, Hulk, Cap, Iron Man, no, nowhere is Hawkeye. Hawkeye and, and Black Widow are always left out. And I, I think he just doesn't get that, that rap, but I think he's a cool guy, especially if you read the comics. He's, he's, he's cooler than anybody out right now. Does, doesn't need no pansy superpowers. Fires a bow, he's a cool guy. That's, that's what I think. I got, I, got, I got one person who agrees with me. Underrated. I, definitely underrated. Why do you need people to... <laughs> I, you know what? He's a super I'm going to go man. for the... Um, he, he works from the heart, Mike. All right, good he enough. works from the heart. All right, Mike, continue. Well, go... No, you didn't finish the question. Who's the under... Undervillain. Oh, underrated supervillain. Oh, man. Let me Don't think. help him. <laughs> For God's sakes, he does a podcast called I Sell Comics. He should know at least one. Underrated. <laughs> underrated. Su- underrated supervillain. No, underrated, not underaged. 
Uh, anybody, anybody a fan of the old school Daredevil? Uh, there's a supervillain called Stiltman, and uh, <laughs> under, underrated. Yeah, and oh. this is my only reason for that. Stiltman, tall guy. I am not a tall guy, so you know he may have the one superpower that I wish for every every day when I wake up. A little bit, yes, yes. But aren't we all? You know. Then go out and buy a pair of stilts. <laughs> Johnson would roll over in his grave right now. I'm, I'm kind of glad he missed this. Brian is still with us, Mike. Uh, right, Brian is I'm, still with us. Why? Do you have him on uh, the phone? Is, I, no. Is, okay, good. As far as I know, he's still with us. Okay. Um, let's go with uh, underrated superhero. Um, I still don't think Nightwing gets his due. Um, people still think of... Yeah, there you go. I don't, I don't need the public ad- admonition, but thank you. That's, uh, I love it. Um, he never, and I think uh, what happened in Forever Evil is going to kickstart Richard Grayson's career in a whole new way. I think people are going to look at him not as Batman light, but as, um, as a kick-ass, competent hero on his own. So um, I'm pretty happy with the uh, plans DC has going forward with him. And as far as uh, underrated villains... Uh, it's a great question. Uh, I'm going to stall for time while I think of Here, one. Let me, um, um, let me ask you this. I'm sorry yes. to interrupt. Uh, you know, Nightwing, car- uh, superhero in its own right. Yes. When do we get the Nightwing movie? Oh, God, good question. Uh, I don't know. What is jo- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing? I mean, wasn't that the plan? To have him come in and be like Robin? So you think it'll, um, you think it'll be soon then? I don't know. Let's see how. Let's see if they can make uh, a Superman two that doesn't suck. You're talking about currently, not Richard Donner's Superman two. No, the, that Donner Superman two was good. It wasn't perfect, but um, I mean, Richard Lester took credit for that, and ninety percent of the film was already shot, and he's the the man that brought you the cellophane wrap S that he threw it at non. So. That was his contribution to Superman 2. Was the, uh, the super was kiss, st- the uh, mind-erasing super kiss? Uh, and it might, it might have been his, too. I don't know. I, mm. Donner probably was fired by that time. So he's like, hey, you know what? No one ever thought of uh, Superman's super lips. So. I, um, I, I remember when I was a kid, I saw that. That came out in 80, 80, 81? 81. 81. So I was... Great uh, summer for movies, folks. Any of you old enough to remember. The cellophane S I thought was cool as a seven-year-old. I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. How but, much saran wrap did you waste that summer? Uh, <laughs> Mom, look what I can do. I did have Ming, a you in so much trouble. That's, that's, that's racist, Mike. I think we've established that, Ming, yeah. <laughs> on multiple occasions. Uh, but I remember the... the, the the mind erasing kiss, even as a seven year old, I couldn't, I couldn't buy. No, couldn't no buy one it. can. Because I mean, how how do you know how far to go? <laughs> Seriously, if his kiss can erase her memory, what happens if he gets to s- the second point, base? Dude. Yes, Man. I know that, that, that. What would she have forgotten if he'd copped a super feel? I know how how far bodily functions. Go? I don't know. I don't am- want to know. Really. Yeah. yeah. Death. Death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and as far as the super villain goes, I would, uh, you know what? I think um, underrated, he's played out in a lot of uh, mediums, but I think Zod has never really been uh, fully fleshed out as a villain. I think he would be 
like one of the top three, Brainiacs, um, Brainiac, Luthor, and Zod. And where do they keep going in the Superman movies? Luthor. Luthor. Mr. Luthor. <laughs> I mean, Gene Hackman was nothing more than a glorified used car salesman. So, I mean, think about it. It's the truth. He was n- and they have never portrayed a, uh, a Lex Luthor in the movies or on television who was the super genius. Ever. Uh, there was none that ever conveyed that sense of arrogance and menace. Uh, the one person who came close was Clancy Brown. Yes. Yeah, see? Thank, thanks, Mr. Brown. Appreciate him. <laughs> Your Emmy's in the mail. Hey, real quick, you're wearing the, uh, the Superman uh, I am. shirt made by Under Armour. Uh, what do they call it? The Alter Ego line? Alter Ego line, you yes. Know, Under Armour made for serious athletes. Have you done anything athletic in this shirt since you've gotten it? <laughs> Um, I've been. I, they they saw me run. Oh! <laughs> I did knock two fat guys over to get that pizza. So um, I would say yes. Yes. Uh, I if if it. If it comes to that, I will, I will, uh, I will wear a Speedo. That, that question doesn't count because you didn't raise your hand. So, all right. Oh, did you? I just thought you were resting your arm up. Yes, my, my man right here. Yeah, your question. Do you have a question? What's my secret origin, you mean? Okay, good question. Um, to be honest with you, when it... Actually, or, or to lie to you, because you wouldn't know if I was lying to you anyway. Um, I was originally a reservist at the Secret Stash when they first opened up. Uh, Brian Johnson was the manager there for the first year, year and a half, before uh, Kevin was able to convince Walt to, to quit his steady job at the rec center and go to work for Kevin, because Walt and, and his wife... Starting a family, they really didn't want to screw around with something that might fold, uh, fold up the tent, you know, and, and move on. He was wary. He was very wary. Kevin's like, no, you, this, my plan is that I buy it and you run it the way that you would if it were your shop. And uh, Walt was very hesitant, so about a year and a half he finally took over, and Brian Johnson breathed a sigh of relief because that's <laughs> as close to work as he's ever gotten. Um, and I was, I was one of the reservists, and Walt and I had uh, forged kind of uh, a really kooky friendship because we both loved the same comic books. Growing up, we, we were uh, New Teen Titans fans. We read the same stuff. Um, I was more of a DC guy. He was more of a Marvel guy, and... Um, uh, it, it was more importantly, uh, you came in, spent money. I spent money. <laughs> That's right. My, I had a, I had one of the larger pull lists, and um, he he talks whenever you hear Walt tell Sunday Jeff's secret origin, he says this guy was a freaking pigeon. Right? And this is one of, this is one of Walt's closest friends, Sunday Jeff, and he called him a pigeon. So I can only imagine what what unlovely things he said about me. But um, he needed somebody. Two days out of the month, because uh, even Walt Flanagan, super manager, needs two days out of the month off. And he asked me if I wanted to take a job there. 
two days out of the month. He's like, it's not going to be a, a king's ransom, but you know, you get to, to work with comic books. How can you say no to something like that? And uh, I just wheedled my way into a full-time position. Now, it, it was a little more complex than that, but um, a, the website was starting to blow up, and oddly enough, Brian Johnson was stupid enough to take that position as the head of that. So he needed uh, bodies to fill boxes and fill orders. So uh, we did that, and you know, uh, I became a full-time employee of USQ. Yeah. At, um, at any point, did you feel that Walt was maybe talking to you and maybe being nice to you because if he didn't, he would lose you as a reservist? Oh, absolutely. Oh my I think he still does. You know, <laughs> I still spell it, spend a lot of money at this dash. I see. We have a lot of customer, regular customers come in. We and do. He, he loves most of them. There, there's some that do get on his nerves. Oh, my God. And, and I know sometimes, you know, sometimes he will feign a little niceness. But yeah, to, that's to keep true. A, keep a person as a customer. And that's what a good, that's what, what a good proprietor does. Of course. Walt Flanagan. Back there. Oh, um, those of you who don't know, I lost my entire comic collection uh, at, during Sandy. In a hurricane. In a, in a superstorm. It's not of, a hurricane. It was a superstorm. That's kind of badass. Uh, feel, it sounds like a movie plot. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, like a really, a really, mean, really, a really boring movie. A really geeky plot. How can this man really, triumph really... over adversity when he loses his comic book collection to the elements? Um, actually, I could probably pitch that. <laughs> Kickstarter, bro. Actually, Kickstarter. I think we did pitch that last season. So uh, that's how it, it became an episode of Comic Book Men. Um, <laughs> Sharktopus yeah. versus Mike Zapsik. Uh, I can take that bastard. Um, but it's, it's coming along nicely. I, I, right now, I get to pick and choose what I buy. And since I've never paid retail for anything, I don't plan on changing that anytime soon. When you were going through your list of stuff you lost, yes. obviously you probably lost a lot of you know got good good things. There were oh, some yeah. things that are out of print that you may never get back. There are. Did, uh, I had comic books that will never see the light of day. I mean, some rarities. So nothing, nothing like Superman number two or Batman number three. Because I mean, I would have gone. Um, Insurance fraud, anyone? I would have gone really insane on that. But um, Was there anything on your list that you hit? And I was like, oh, my God, thank God that's gone and like floating on its way. Oh, of course. Actually. And, and specifically, what was it? Uh, I, I'm not going to say just for me, but uh, Walt also lost a considerable amount of comic books and a considerable amount of comic books that were in his garage for a reason. Um, he said that there were like, he said littered on the streets of where the town that he lived. There were almost two miles of comic books. <laughs> and he was like, thank God, because it was what, mostly what? 90s stuff oh. and image. So he's like, there was... Um, yeah, he lost all of his, um, his Supreme and Young Bloods. So shed a tear if you feel like you must, folks. Is that the same kind of things you lost? You're like, eh. And yeah, it was all... Like, eh. Well, I lost everything, so I was like, eh, who cares about that? Then, you know, we stuff. always have those regrettable purchases. Of course. And then, you know, we don't throw them out because we paid for them. Ming, you're quite proud of your regrettable purchases, I like am. Gen 13. I do, and the offshoot Deviate, which I'm not really proud to admit, but I just did. <laughs> but yeah. it, was, it was the time I bought into the, the, you know, the, the mid to late 90s uh, image. And, you know, I was also a 19, 20-year-old college student, so, you know, there are two Which reasons. Which means you should have known better, okay. Sure. But there, I mean, there, there are two very large reasons I liked both of those comics. And you can uh, yeah, I know what those two are. Yeah, we won't talk about that. 
<laughs> well, yeah, grunge was the Asian character in uh, in and Gen Thirteen who um, he was a ladies' man. So you know, I kind of looked up. And I believe he was trying to throw you under the gay bus. So uh. <laughs> I see a hand over there. Okay, actually, I can, um, wow, that was weird. Um, I can answer this in two parts, the same way you asked that question. Number one, we had him there for, um, basically, it was a gig for Stan. Uh, yeah, charity photo shoot. Yeah, charity photo shoot, he came in and. I freaking loved Kevin. I know, and he loves Kevin because he thought Kevin was there. He's like, where's Kevin? Where's Kevin? And he wasn't there. We're like, uh, didn't they tell you he wasn't going to be here? He's like, I know, but they lie to me all the time, so I don't know. <laughs> all right, Stan, no, he's not here. And they were, they were taking uh, Alan Amato, amazing photographer, um, was taking photos of Stan, and he took a bunch of us and Stan. It was kind of creepy, but um, we, we, we snuck our way into an, a, 90 man, a 90 year old man's photo shoot, which is <laughs> creepier oh. in ways than I can even convey to you. Well, he was but in our store, dude. He was in our house. True, he was. And he, he was very gracious with his time. He uh, told us stories. But um, there was a New York Times editor, actually, no, not reporter, an editor. He's reporter. A writer, came down to do a story on Stan. And uh, it. You can still read it online, but basically the gist of it was that um, Stan Lee was getting ordered around by our second season um, showrunners. There were three of them who just... No, no longer with the show. No longer with the, no longer with the show and blackballed pretty much from uh, reality television whatsoever. I think they're doing uh, mockumentaries now with uh, Christy Brinkley and um, who's that karate guy? William Zabka? That's him. Uh, <laughs> so these guys were ordering him around, and the um, New York Times writer made note of it, especially uh, very big in, his, in the middle of his column, and uh, AMC got really ticked off at them. That's a side note for that. I, I just want love saying that, because that got them fired. It was so kick-ass. I didn't like those guys. I didn't like those guys. They were jackasses. But... Um, As much as you would love me to be, yes. More Mike. More Mike. Well, thank you. Ming's in every freaking episode. <laughs> Holy God. I'm not jealous at all. I, I love seeing Ming there. I love to hear his girlish screams when Rob Bruce jumps out behind bushes and Here, stuff. Um, here's a great thing about uh, that Stan Lee episode is um, me and Mike met Stan before. You know, anyone can meet Stan if you pay a certain amount of money and go to a con <laughs> that he's at. Very true. But meet, I kind of put in quotes because when you go to a con and meet Stan, it's kind of like you have a, something you want to autograph, you get in a long line, and finally you get to meet him. And the meeting is like this. You plop down your thing. Oh, hey, how you doing? Sign. And that's it. It's like maybe 15 seconds. Yeah, it's moving along. You never get, you know, you never really get that whole moment to even ask him a question. Stan, you're they, such an inspiration to me. Move it along. There's so many people that... I just wanted to thank you for get the hell out of my face. <laughs> there's so many people that that's how they have to do it to get the line moving. And when he, when he came to the store, he was there for about four hours and we got to spend time with him. We got that. We, he answered all our dumb questions. We got to talk to him. We, and we did. We put a stack at things. We were like, please, 
can you, um, can you sign these? And we kept piling, his stack grew higher. <laughs> and he kept going though. He kept going and I think the coolest thing was Mike puts a cap shield, a metal cap shield in front of him and had him sign that. That was the only thing I wanted was for him to sign this replica cap shield and uh, he did. He, what, a, what a trooper. But most of those things unfortunately are not for sale. What we did was um, that same season we were doing the Gary Conover the um, benefit auction for the, the auction and uh, he signed a bunch of Gary's um, books. Yeah, we and slipped them into. We slipped them into the the auction pieces, uh, the um, the lots that were going for sale. So people got uh, added value. Yeah, what was so great about Stan? Ninety-one year old man, so much energy, so much uh, passion for comics, and you know whether or not he really wanted to be there or not, he sure acted like he did. So that oh was, yeah, it's true. That was great. I think that a shitload more than Johnson did that day. Yeah. I can tell you. <laughs> Thing that hey, be 90- he's the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he sitting in my seat? <laughs> Who's this? But a 91-year-old man, so much energy. More energy than Brian Johnson, a man less than half his age. It just it killed me. It killed me. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, you can confirm that Stan's got more than Brian? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got more than all of us put together in this room. That's Mike. true, actually. Uh, but truly a great day, though. Well, uh, probably my, one of my favorite moments shooting the show. This young lady right here. I think uh, if you watch season three, you saw me get the one thing that I really wanted, which was the G.I. Joe USS Flag aircraft carrier. Um... That thing came out when I was about nine years old, and um, if I remember correctly, it was probably one of the first toys that, w- that cost uh, close to or over $100. And when I was a kid, when you bought a G.I. Joe vehicle, it would come with a booklet um, showing you what was coming out next. And I'm flipping through it, you know, you see the figures, some little vehicles, and then there was a full-page spread for the seven-foot aircraft carrier built to scale for the G.I. Joe figures. Like, that was my Playboy centerfold at that time. <laughs> Like I, fu- I took that thing Shameful. out and it, it flipped down, and I was like, <laughs> I saw that thing. I was like, oh my god! And like that day, Ming Chen became a man. I became a man. <laughs> I became a man, and and I begged my parents for this thing, and you know, I, my parents, uh, I, I'm Chinese. I got Asian parents, both of them, and <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for explaining that one, Ming. Uh, Asian parents, you know, I don't want, I don't want to stereotype, but typically very frugal. You know, they, they, you, they want you to get good grades. They want you to save your money. They're not buying you BS toys that cost over $100. There's nothing I could have done. Yeah. I, <laughs> there's nothing I could have done to get that for Christmas or my birthday. It was just, it was way over their, it wasn't even over their budget. My parents had money, but not that much money. But they had enough where they could have gifted that to me. Maybe the happiest kid on earth. Didn't happen. Um, so there was no chance. But I, I lost it after this thing. And I think, I can't remember if I told this story on the show. Uh, I, you know, one day I get a call uh, right after Christmas, and the kid who lived behind me, who I hated more than anything, <laughs> called me, told me to run over right now because he got something cool for Christmas. And I went over, and he had it set up in his bedroom. And I was like, oh, man. But uh, no, no, I, I should have kicked it. Instead, I ran over and played with it like it was mine. It was like a trap, Ming. The kid's like, all right, who do I hate most in this world? <laughs> That's Ming Chen. Oh, good. I can rub this right in his face. Yeah, he was, hey, Ming! 
Come on over, buddy. He was a child of uh, cookies. He was, he was a child of divorce, and his ki- his parents bought him whatever he wanted to buy his love. So you know, I didn't know that at lucky, the time. Lucky, lucky boy. But you know, uh, I, yeah. Sometimes uh, you know, there, there are things maybe you want a lot right now, and um, that was one of the things I wanted, you know, forever. And 30 years later, I got it. So sometimes you gotta wait a little bit. But now, now I have, and that that's I think that's the one thing. Uh, it was one of the one things that I really, really wanted. Okay, now ask him where it is right this moment. See, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, when you're a child, you know, you get things, you play with them, you kind of cherish them. Later on, you, you grow up and you have kids and, and responsibilities and, you know, things like that. And, I, you know, I bought it. I was excited. I had it. The seven-foot aircraft carrier toy that ideally I would have wanted to take home set it up, you know, maybe look at it every day, marvel over it. I'm sorry, where is it again? It's, I, I well, that didn't happen. I don't have room in my house. It is in pieces in the basement of the stash in a box right now, <laughs> which is sad. It is, it's sad. It killed, you know, for any G.I. Joe fan, it killed me, but it's mine, Mike. It's mine. <laughs> I still have it. Ming, guess what? I set it up in the basement and I play with it every day. <laughs> 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 and I was going to call you the day that after is Christmas. The, that is the funny part. Now, maybe I lost a little bit of my childhood growing old. You know, it, all, it happens to all of us, um, some more than others. You can see, some, we retain some of it. You can see it in the show. But I did have it in a box, um, you know, after I bought it in the store. And, and um, I was about to take it either home or put it somewhere. And I come in one day, and it's set up again. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, how did this, who, who did this? And you know, I look at Mike, I know he didn't do it. I know Walt didn't do it. I know Brian didn't do it. Apparently, Jason Mewes had snuck in <laughs> in the middle of the night and, and put it together. It took him three hours, apparently. And he, he wouldn't leave until he set it up, and then he left. He was like this little, like, gremlin that came in and, like, and, like sets, sets, and sets up G.I. Joe toys. But that's one guy who's never lost that childlike uh, wonderment and that, that, that passion. So, but it is, I did have to break it back down. It is in the basement. I'll, I'll find something to do with it. Mike? Sure you will. Do you have a, an item? Um, for me, and, and one of the most uh, cherished items, or the thing that I wish that I still had. Um, yes. Okay. Let's that would m- be... Moving on. No. Oh. Uh, it's, it's the Mego Batcave. Oh. I wish I still had my Mego Batcave with... The Batmobile. My parents, my parents did love me, Ming. And for Christmas, I did get the Mego Batcave with Batmobile. But that was all I got that Christmas and birthday. And I, I you know, those are costly items. Yes, back in the day, they were things that only those rich kids got for like every day. And we got once a year. So yeah, that's that's what I wanted, and or that's what I still want. Did um did you ever pull that thing as I tried to pull it with the aircraft carrier? It's like oh my god, oh my god! If you buy that for me, like you don't have to buy me my next. Oh next yeah, I, I'll Christmas do Christmas presents, next five birthday presents. And no, then then you never. get pissed off at him like the next. What, where's my Christmas present? It's like but you said well I obviously lied. <laughs> Promise in haste, repent at leisure. Come on, come on, parents. Don't you know these things? That's funny because later on that kind of comes to fruition as an adult. It's called credit card debt. Yeah. <laughs> which, which you racked up buying that aircraft carrier and had in you. I paid. I, I, you I gave paid, him cash? I paid cash. All right. Anybody else? Rad X wants. Yeah. Uh, you guys are talking about the Is there any particular cartoon series or 
Odd that you say justice, because uh, I think Young Justice was perhaps the best cartoon um, adaption of, of, you know, Marvel or DC. Until they can't. Well, of course. And you knew they were going to cancel. It was too good. Um, that's what they do with good cartoons. They keep the crappy ones on forever. But, I mean, He-Man, right? I went on for how many seasons? They had like 10,000 episodes. <laughs> yeah, because I think they were showing like six or seven a day. So, and yeah, so, uh, I mean, Young Justice, I, I consider us lucky that we even got the two seasons that we did, and it was amazing. And you had some of the best writers doing that. Uh, I also love Justice League, um, the animated series, and Justice League Unlimited. I think they were great, too. They need more, Mike. Um, I like the Batman, the animated series. I think that went in a little darker direction, and, and uh, the storylines were, were amazing. How so? Um, how so? They, yeah, they how just, so? They just were. They got how, great how dark? actors. Where, where's the darkness come in, though? There you go. I'm sorry, what was that? Harley Quinn. There's no Harley Quinn. So you consider her dark? Absolutely. And Renee Montoya? No, that's not true, because she was in the comics before she was in there. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's, that's an urban myth that's been disproven. All right. Have you, have you tried, you know, now with the advent of Netflix, uh, everything's kind of archived. Have you shown your kids any of the older cartoon series that we used to grow up with? <laughs> I did. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And my, my youngest. And, uh, and I, that's the one where the, the song? Yeah. The song? Okay. No, no. That's, that's the Spider-Man and his amazing friends with Spider-Man, um, Firestar, okay, and right, Iceman. Right, right. And um, we have Cursing Weekends sometimes. Cursing Weekends? Yeah, What's a Cursing Weekends? I, I, cursing Weekends, I allow my kids to curse. Yeah. Oh, like from uh, from like sundown Friday. Friday, yeah, until yes, exactly. Monday. Yes, so they can they can curse it's during like that Shabbat entire weekend. Yeah, it's, it's Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> start cursing, kids. Um, and it, it, you know what? It keep it keeps them from it demystifies the whole cursing thing for us, and it, it gives them a chance to you know be a little sassy. And, Cursing uh, weekend. Yeah. So anyway, okay. I show them this this really horrible Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and uh, I say, "Hey, you want me to put on another one?" He's like, "No, Dad. Thanks anyway. Uh, that show's really ass." <laughs> so I gave him points for usage. I'm like, "Yeah, it, it is ass." So, yeah. Um, the, uh, the not really sort of comic book really, but the, the remember the GI, old GI Joe cartoons that came out about eighty three, eighty four. Gee, you like them? Yes, I did. Wow, I did. I a, never would have guessed I that. I did, and uh, Netflix just uh, put all of them on there, so I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to watch. And these. still, you find time for work. <laughs> Netflix, and come can, to cons. Netflix, you can binge watch. I yeah, binge watch all one hundred twenty four episodes of GI Joe. That, no, I didn't. Oh god. Uh, but I remember I had it on. My kids came in. They're just like. What is this? Like, this is terrible. And, and Sergeant start, Slaughter was in it, right? Yeah, and Serp- yeah. Uh, remember Serpentor? Sure, I love Serpentor. On? Serpentor is a villain who is made up of, what, like seven of the greatest villains of all time? The DNA of the seven DNA. villains. I'm like, really? Like, how'd you milk that cow? I'm trying to remember. Was it like, it was like Genghis Khan and Napoleon. Yeah. And, um, like yeah. John Dillinger. Yeah, I mean, they were pulling Attila some really abstract and... Strange people out of there, and Alexander the Great. I was like, he yes. was evil, right? 
Um, so, well, really? He was a great conqueror, uh, you know, military guess. strategist. Perhaps. Wasn't it Vl- uh, Dracula, too? I don't think they pulled Dracula. They should have, because that would have been kick-ass, right? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah I'm, that, it's tough. It's tough for kids to buy things like that. I don't anymore. know. More in this day and age. It's kind of sad, actually. It saddens me. Uh, but, you know, everything has to be so... They're literal. all so cynical. Everything has to be so literal. Or real You're not literal cynical, are you, young man? Yeah, you are. How about you, young lady? She's just bored. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Mike, she's... You're just drowsy. <laughs> that a girl. Um, that, oh, yeah. Uh, Mike turned me on to the Korvac saga uh, about a, was it, about a year or two years ago. Two years ago. And uh, I related to it because it, it, um, usually about Korvac who was like a beat down computer technician who gets no respect. And then goes on to, goes on to, goes on to, destro- goes on to destroy everything, gets cut in half, gets grafted onto like this big computer thingy. And um, there, there have been days where I felt like that. Yeah, that was my, uh, my whole mission right there to, to show you how your life paralleled Corvax. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I, that's, you know, you, you, you see little things that you relate to. Now, um, you know, they, they would have to change some things. That storyline, there are little, little very, very 70s elements in that. I think there isn't there a scene where he's wearing these like really, really tight green shorts? Like yes. Polo well, shirt? Like the entire run of the, the comic. Yes. Where they, may have to, okay. they may have to update that a little bit. I'm sorry, what? Okay. Um, so he looked less, uh, was it heart to heart and more badass? Okay. Well, I'm, you said he, he didn't look human in those green shorts? <laughs> Man, you could read a... You could, you could read the year off the quarter that was in his front pocket. That was horrible. So I like inhumane. that one. He freaking he ends up decimating everything. Yeah, yeah. They, they come. They come back in the end. But spoiler alert! Come on. Oh, sorry, sorry. Thirty-year-old story art. Sorry. There's some people sorry, who might not have seen it. Sorry. Um, I'm trying to think. What would I like to see? Uh, there's some Nightwing stories that I think they should. Yeah. A uh, night in Bloodhaven would be great. All right then. Also, uh, if you read if you read uh, Kevin Kevin's Batman writing, uh, he invented a villain called the Onomatopoeia, which which I think uh, would be kind of cool in a, in a movie like a um, a villain that I think Kevin has even said that that villain only exists in the comics, the comics and can't only exist in the comics because if you take it literally, it just doesn't work. Does, you don't think eh? no. Like, you know, like David Fincher presents Batman versus... Uh, you don't think so? Nah, okay. nah. All right. Anybody else? Uh, I can answer that question, sir. The shuttle is leaving at 7. Every, uh, every half hour on the... Yes. Every half hour on the hour. Every half hour, sir. Oh, was it you? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were asking the question. <laughs> you, Yes. We were, God, we were, I hope so. Were we just? That's that's so weird. We were just talking. Because could they make it any worse? We were just. <laughs> we were just talking about this though. Howard the Duck. We were that they they have to get their asses in gear and make Howard the Duck. Because uh, I mean, if you can, and Marvel is gonna be able to uh, make you care about such C-list characters as Star Lord and Gamora and Drax the Destroyer. I think, I think, and Rocket Raccoon. Uh, no, hold on a second. 
Rocket Raccoon. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Hold on. Never sucked. All right. Um, I think that Howard the Duck is a no-brainer. I, I think it's just waiting for the right writer and the right director. Like not George Lucas? Not, yeah, like anybody but George Lucas. <laughs> you think maybe he's just ahead of his time? Who, George Lucas? Yeah. No, no, no. Star Wars, yes, but Howard the Duck. Yeah, those were great storylines. Um, we'll have to take a darker tone. You know, there was a scene where him and um, who's who's the uh, his fi- yes that you know they get down in the comic. Yeah. Yeah. You think, you know, it you wasn't know. the comic; it was the magazine. The magazine. If the I magazine. have to get technical again on your ass, man, it's just right. going to be. Is, no, 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 no. We're, well, we are. You know, we're geeks. Yeah, that's I mean, true. That's what we. That's what we revel in, man. That's true. Get it right. That young gentleman back there in the Batman hoodie. I'm sorry, my superior Spider-Man? Oh, was I happy to see superior Spider-Man go? Um, Let me explain for those who don't know. uh, For a year, a year and a half, about a year and a half, uh, Dr. Otto Octavius took over uh, Peter Parker's body. It was his his brain in uh, Peter Parker's uh, body, and he essentially killed Spider-Man, so he became the superior Spider-Man. And uh, it was very controversial, almost as controversial as that god-awful clone saga. Um, was I sorry to see it go? I think it's an intriguing concept. I think it's, it had a lot of potential. And I think that, I, I don't know, am I sorry to see it go? No, it fits. It fits in, in the continuity. Um, it's, it's like asking me, was I sorry to see 2099 go? I don't know. <laughs> Was I? Well, yeah, I was. And, uh, you know, the other reason you weren't sorry to see it going when Volume 3 comes out, like, how many books did you sell that week? Oh, you mean of uh, Amazing Spider-Man? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot. Many, yeah, we, we sold a, yeah. a lot of books. So know. the gimmicks still work, folks. We, yeah. we still fall for them, so. I mean, look at 3D covers. Yeah. DC made so much money off the last batch, they're doing it again. And I'm going to fall for it one more time. <laughs> Who, you mean Thor's sister? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Spoiler alert. Uh, Original Sin. Uh, Angela is one of Neil Gaiman's characters from Spawn, and he and Todd McFarlane had had this huge battle for the longest time over... Was it rights? It was a rights issue, um, which I find ironic that the, the whole image concept was that, you know, it's, it's creators for creators... And then, then Todd McFarlane said, oh, no, you created that for me. Yeah, I own it now. Yeah, I own it you now. Signed, you, you remember that piece of paper you signed? Yeah. yeah, well, I need money to buy a $3 million baseball. Yeah. So. <laughs> so thanks for Angela. I appreciate that. So they went to battle over it, and eventually the courts uh, figured out that it actually does belong to the guy who created it. And uh, so he took it to Marvel. It was part of his whole package. He brought that and his uh, ownership of Miracle Man to Marvel. And now they're, they're going to make Angela part of the Marvel Universe. She was with the Guardians of the Galaxy for a couple of issues. But now she's going to be revealed as Thor and Loki's sister, which is kind of cool. I think, you know, hey, you believe in Thor and Loki. Why, why the hell couldn't they have a sister? So I think that's pretty cool. 
This is a, this is giving me flashbacks. Um, were, were you ever involved in the the toy craze of the late and mid nineties? Was I? Did you did you go on runs like? Um, of course, I. And that, this is pre wall and pre stash. Like, no, um, actually, this is yes, this is pre wall and pre stash. I never went on the runs that Walt and uh, Ke- and and Jay Muse went on, and Kevin by extension. But uh, I, I used to go and buy some stuff. I, Not I mean, like did, you though. You were insane, weren't you? Uh, I mean that that yeah. insane. I remember uh, you know that it was there was a period where uh, um, the new Star Wars toys were coming out. The, the whatever um, whatever you would call them, the second generation or second run on the orange cards. And I, I went nuts mm. for those. And spot, the McFarlane figures were played heavily into that addiction. And I remember, I remember, I think the female characters were short packed. And when you said, you know, when you mentioned Angela, I think Angela was one of them. Yeah. That now that I look back on, like back then, like I would have stepped on somebody's neck to get an Angela <laughs> McFarlane figure. You know, Bold words, I man. Think I remember it was that magical word short packed. It was like one per case or something. I I, I would have I would have I probably would have killed somebody for an Angela figure back then. <laughs> and now looking back, and th- this actually came into play in our lives. We went to look at a storage unit a couple weeks ago, and uh, we had no idea what was in there. But we heard the dude was a collector. He kept everything in package. The word warehouse was used. And the word so warehouse was used. Like, which, oh, warehouse which, find. Which meant storage unit. And we start uh, opening the boxes, and lo and behold, in those boxes, Angela figures and and. and uh, and all those old McFarlane figures that, that um, it looked like a collection that I would have bought had I had more money back then. And thank God I didn't have more money back then. It would have <laughs> been like, I mean, they're worthless. They're yeah. Worthless. They're worthless now. And unfortunately, there's a reason why they were, the female figures were short-packed. And I don't mean to sound sexist, but nobody cared about the female figures. Even like Princess Leia. It's like we got 80 Leias. And like if you get 80 Leias and 300 Lukes, you're going to sell out of the Lukes before you sell out of the Leia's. It's, I don't know. I don't know why. It's horrible. And you're looking at me like, like you're going to cry. It's, I don't make the rules. It was not my decision. Yeah, it's so, it's so not cool. It's not I'd cool. buy two just to make you smile again. But see, McFarlane got smart. I was like, let's invent a word called short-packed, and these fools will buy anything. About and me. sure enough, we did. Yeah. So. You've got a question. Oh. <laughs> the ball's on you, mister. And I showed you interest in the rest of history. Now you're together. It's a beautiful story. Did you guys do that with, with your wives, or how did they respond when they found y'all were coming like players when you met? Mike, uh, Mike. The divorce papers are proceeding right now. Mike, uh, Mike actually got lucky. I love how he met his wife. Mike, I, uh, Mike. I did. Uh, actually, um, it, there's a very sweet story. My, my wife and I were, um, we had both gone to a, uh, a World Series party. And uh, I'd seen her before she had seen me. And I thought she was really very cute. And um, from what I understand, she felt the same way about me. But I was sitting there pregame. We're all eating nachos and doing something. And I brought a Wizard magazine along with me because I don't like sports all that much. And uh, so I'm reading that, and she sits down next to me. I'm like, hey, how you doing? She's like, what are you reading? I'm like, uh, it's Wizard, the comic magazine. She's <laughs> like, oh, is there anything about X-Men in there? I'm like, you like the X-Men? 
I had already asked her to marry me. Yeah. Um, and I said, you like the X-Men? She said, oh, yeah, I read the X-Men, Sandman, um, Grendel. I'm like, will you marry me? <laughs> and she said, yeah, okay. So you met, you met over an issue of Wizard. An issue of Wizard, yep. That's beautiful. It's, they're out of, uh, out of print right now, and we're still going strong, so it's awesome. Was, um, did you have any comic book theme elements at your wedding? So, uh, one of my friends got married. No, what do I look like, a geek? <laughs> So always, it always kills me. You know, we're we're both geeks, and I, I didn't I didn't try to really slip anything in that. I remember um after we got married, um when when you were going to the reception, you know how they announce you, right? And you kind of you walk in. Uh, when they announced this, I had them play the uh, the the music from uh, the medal ceremony from A New Hope. Oh, oh that's in. nice. That's one. Of, that's still oh. one of my the favorite moments in my life. Oh, that's cool. Walking into that song. It's, nice. Um, um, but our our friend uh, Sunday Jeff, the guy who uh, works at our store only on Sundays. That's the only day that we're not there. Our, our main man Sunday Jeff did have did he ha- he had like a Star Wars themed wedding, didn't he? I don't know. Did he? I think he did. That I is so. I'd never heard that story. That's I think so he weird. Did. I mean, he didn't go over the top, but there were elements. Uh, I think he had some plastic lightsabers around, and uh, there were there were elements on there, and um. Then he dressed up like Darth Vader. He didn't. No, he didn't go. He didn't go that far. His you know his wife didn't let him take take it that far. Um, I I don't see her letting him take it. Even as far if, as leaving if, lightsabers around. If uh, have you ever thought about um, uh, how many years have you been married? Uh, gonna be fifteen next oh, year. Congratulations! Yeah. Have you, you ever thought for twenty, maybe getting remarried, maybe, maybe doing some like comic book themed uh, something or other? If I do, you're all invited. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Do so it follow a, me on Twitter. Do it at a con. <laughs> That's a cheap way to get followers. <laughs> I do. I don't. I do want to get an opinion. We're going to a, a con in about a month or so, and somebody con- contacted us on Twitter and said, "Listen, we're, did she say he was renewing his vows?" I think. Uh, it's no. It's actually in. Uh, it's going to be uh, in Atlanta. October. Yeah, we're going to be in Atlanta, and he wants us to um, help him renew his vows. So I told him I'd get uh, ordained by the Church of. Consciousness awareness. Yeah, exactly. The, the Church of yeah. Minecraft Squareheads. Yeah, the, Why chur- the Church of Steve, if you will. So, uh, was so. it the Universal Life Church? Is the one that Kevin. Okay, that, has that's the one we'll do. At, and most, yeah, you send in whatever X amount. He has like five bucks, and they send you back a certificate saying that you've been ordained. So, um, are we going to do this? Yeah, we're going to do Let's this. Do it. So, Let's so do Mike it. and Ming, uh, we'll we'll do your wedding vows for you. We yeah. have time for one more quick question. Oh. I know, this flew by, right? No double dipping. Sorry. You know where we are. Zombo. How do you feel about Uh, If I had a dollar for every time I heard that question. Ah, but, well, let me ask you a question. What has he ever really been horrible in? (laughs) No, 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 the movie was horrible, but he was not. And Geely... Gili, he was not horrible. The entire movie was horrible. And also the circumstances of him and that whole Benefer crap. So that, and it poisoned uh, Jersey Girl. He was phenomenal in Jersey Girl. If you, if you actually give that movie a chance and you go back and you watch it, it's, he's actually um, very touching. Uh, it's going to... Yeah. 
True, but he's, he also brings a certain gravitas to, um, for lack of a better term, uh, to whatever role he does. So I think that he's going to knock it out of the park. I think he's, um, I mean, say what you will about the guy, but, you know, uh, he takes his movie roles very seriously nowadays. So, I mean, I, don't, I think he thought about this. He's like, what are the upsides? What are the downsides? And, um, you, know, s- you know, screw the fans. I'll take it anyway. Which, which to me, I think is ballsy, and I think it shows a level of maturity that he's never shown before. So there's a very large downside. If you if you suck, you're gonna be hated forever. I mean, oh boy, what? That, Hold you know, on who? a second, George Clooney. Yeah. Jesus, that that guy prints money in his basement. All right, and true. we spend it for God's sakes. So I've you know George Clooney gets away with um, you know murdering a franchise. I think that uh, that Affleck should get the chance to murder it himself. Um, why not? And you know, I know it's only one single still image, but how about that image? It's beautiful, that isn't it? I mean, look at that Batmobile. It's it's the the love child of the you know Keaton and the Tumbler. It's beautiful, and that suit. You know, I, I'd be very afraid if I saw that dude in an alley. Okay. All right. All right. Well, all right. Cool. All right, folks. Thank you so much for coming thank out you. to the conference. We love you guys. We love you guys. You guys rock. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.